Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. On today's show, we'll talk about toxic masculinity with members of Rethink Masculinity, Diego Quesada and Travis Brooks, who are members of a project run by DC nonprofit Collective Action for Safe Spaces, which challenges people to confront misogynistic attitudes and behavior in everyday life. Thank you for following The Jesse Garcia Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. I look forward to seeing you in Dallas, Texas, Saturday, April 6th, at the first ever LGBTQ Latinx Leadership Summit. Sponsored by the League of United Latin American Citizens, the Human Rights Campaign, and AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Activists and people new to the movement will come together on the campus of Ana G. Mendes University to learn about pro-equality legislation, healthcare, culture, and social justice. Latinx leaders, legends, and longtime advocates in the LGBTQ community will provide free workshops at this event. Time to organize, gente. Space is limited. Reserve your free ticket today. For more information, visit www.lulac.org slash events. That's L-U-L-A-C dot forward slash events. Toxic masculinity has been described as one of the ways in which patriarchy is harmful to not only women, but men. It refers to the socially constructed attitudes that describe the masculine gender role as violent, unemotional, and sexually aggressive. Yikes. So much to unpack for our half-hour show today. But luckily, we got two individuals who have worked on this issue for quite some time. Diego Quesada and Travis Brooks of Rethink Masculinity. Join our conversation about toxic masculinity, what happens when it goes unchecked, and how it affects the queer and Latinx community. I want to welcome to the show two guys working on a very important topic that is in the news today, toxic masculinity. We have Diego Quesada and Travis Brooks. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell us about your, your cohort that you're working on and what brought you to working in this space? Well, first of all, again, thank you for having us on your show. We're really glad to have this opportunity. So we run a program called Rethink Masculinity, and it is a eight-week cohort that is run through the um, nonprofit Collective Action for Safe Spaces in Washington, D.C. And it is a cohort for 18 to 20 masculine-identified individuals to unpack and unlearn toxic masculinity and relearn some positive examples. And when people ask us what what got us involved in this issue, yeah. um, it's always like, do you want the long story or the short yeah. story? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll go with the medium story. Uh, you know, I, I identify as a black individual. Um, yeah. And I think Growing up throughout life, I've always tried to engage white people in having conversations about race. Um, I've always made it a, a, an important point to say, we y'all need to check your privilege. Yes. And I think always saying that 
I never start. I never turned those words on myself. Yes. Right? I never thought about checking my privilege as a male individual. Yes. And it wasn't until it wasn't until you know countless times of femme identifying individuals calling me out and saying, "Hey, you, what you just did right now is toxic, right? What you just yeah. did right now is problematic." Where I started to be like, "Wow, I'm not thinking about my privileges as a male identifying individual." And when I heard about this program, I immediately signed up. Signed up. I was like, I need to be a participant. I need to start going through these classes and learning about toxic masculinity. It is hitting mainstream. I mean, we just had that whole commercial with, uh, with the Gillette. Yes. And that people started talking about this. Yeah. And the way that the women are being treated after the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. Stuff that's, that we're getting to learn how it's happening in every sector of society, how women are being treated. Mm -hmm. How about yourself, Diego? Yeah, so I was just going to... Uh, piggyback a little bit off of what Travis said and there's one moment that really sticks out in my mind I was on a road trip uh, with some with uh, some of my friends in college we were going to the beach for the weekend and I was talking a lot about race and someone who was two years older than me sort of called me out and said well it's not just about race it's also about gender and that was a moment for me to really be like like Travis as a man, I am not looking at these issues from the full perspective that I need to be dealing with them. So that led me to think about it. And to your point, this has been in the news because of the Me Too movement, not only in Hollywood, but also domestic workers, restaurant workers. This is really affecting everyone. And I think when you see so many powerful individuals have to step down from their jobs, it's an indication that this is really a universal issue that affects everyone. It's shocking. It's shocking that the this the the titans in industry are being held accountable. It's just like wow, I never thought that we would get to that point mm -hmm. where very powerful people, the head of CBS, yes, that network that's so powerful has been number one for some it's making so much money and the man that was responsible for that wealth. Yes. Was it was asked to step down and he did. Yeah. People are being held accountable. So for just a real quick, what is considered toxic masculinity? If you could just put it up like in two, three sentences, a description. Yeah, so I think for me, toxic masculinity is really about entitlement. Mm -hmm. I think it's an entitlement to other people's bodies, other people's time, other people's space. And just to take two examples, one, uh, some new terms that have been in the lexicon as of late are manspreading and mansplaining. So yes. manspreading is basically in the subway you have a man who just spreads his legs out so far without giving a care to maybe there's someone else sitting next to him who also wants to have their personal space. So that is an, an example of being comfortable with taking up space. Um, and then mansplaining is the idea of a man um, sort of being like, oh, let me explain what feminism means to you, you know, <laughs> female co-workers, because I know everything. Yeah. And so it's an entitlement that, like, of course I know this subject better than the people who I'm talking to, and I think just the idea of entitlement to me really gets at that. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, when you ask what is toxic masculinity, it's about control, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's about control. It's about people feeling the need to dominate spaces. People feeling, it's, it's toxic masculinity is unchecked masculinity, right? It's masculinity gone un, out of control, right? It's people who feel that, and, and, and myself, right, yeah. included, right? I don't see myself outside of toxic no, I, masculinity. No, I too, I too yeah. tend to like talk over 
people that are weaker in, yeah. the, in the social circle when they can't grasp a word or yeah. oh, I'm just doing it right now. You're talking no, and I'm taking <laughs> up the space. You do I'm it. Sorry. No, it's Travis, okay. go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, th- this is it, right? Yeah. Toxic masculinity is living, right? Yeah. It's something that lives and it's something that we engage in. It's taught, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's something that's ingrained in our society. It's connected to the patriarchy, right? It's yes. connected to white supremacy, right? These are mm-hmm. things that we're told about and we're, we're taught to dominate spaces. We're taught yeah. to to not show our feelings, right? We're taught to to be manipulative, right? Toxic masculinity is, is all the ways in which we harm ourselves and harm others. Some Latin Latinx folks grow up in machismo culture. Yes. And uh, I came from a South Texas culture where the man was supposed to be number one of the household yes he gets to decide women were supposed to be serving the man yes all those traditional roles that are outdated how can we break down those attitudes with this new generation Mm -hmm. of folks i'm like like people are freaking out that there's couples out there that are announcing that they're gonna uh, raise their children as gender fluid like i think Meghan markle and prince harry yeah. There's like some article. I don't even know if it's true or not, but they're gonna mm. think they're gonna allow the child to be just gender fluid, and people are freaking out. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's just sort of like, how can we bring it to these new generation of parents? Yeah. To kind of like grow their children in a better society. Yes. How can we talk to them? Well, I think it's important to, as you said, break it down into a series of steps. Mm. So, mm. for instance, look at the labor emotional physical in the house yeah. you you were just mentioning you know the man is supposed to have the job mm-hmm. the woman is supposed to raise the kids also probably do the cooking and cleaning but maybe just think through okay how can I show up in this space in this household and make the coffee or make the dinner mm-hmm. or do the laundry see the um, see the ch- so the children could see both parents doing both yes yes Yes. and i think it has been so ingrained and i know this because my father's from the dr and has also talked to me about this Mm -hmm. um also just thinking about the history of latin america having people like fidel castro having people like augusto pinochet these idea of the strongman dictators taking control of their countries yeah and sort of saying, well, I'm a man, I'm going to rule this country in the way that it needs to be run. Um, but really just thinking about how can we include all voices within the family to talk about what we're going to do as a family, as a unit. So, But I do think it's, it's going to take a lot of effort and it's not going to be done in one day, one month, one year. I do think it takes a lot of careful, considerate action. I mean, one thing I really want to stress with people, especially if they're kids, Make sure that you're safe. So maybe don't um, yell at your father because he's doing something. Just think about what can be the most effective way to get your message across. One thing I like to say is how you say something is almost as important as as what you're trying to say. Yes. So understand that everyone is coming at it from their own experiences. We've all been taught this. And so it's best to come at it not from, oh, you don't understand the way that this is. Everyone has their own journey that they're on and making sure that we're coming at it from a place of meeting people where they are at But also challenging them yes. to be better and to recognize what they see that is toxic Yeah, how about you Tris? Yeah, when it comes to Families right new families that are yes. trying to challenge this culture It's about creating a counterculture where you celebrate 
right? You celebrate emotional labor. You celebrate sharing the duties, right? You celebrate children who who, who also are being counter to that culture, right? Because, mm. you know, growing up in a family, growing up a family of, uh, of Dominicans, Cubans, right? And also like Black Caribbeans, right? I, yes. I, I've seen how anytime I was uh, cooking with a, a family member, right? It's like, yeah. no, 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 leave that for the women, right? Like, you yes. know, oh like, or like, you know, you're eating, you're eating food and like someone comes, in, like they're supposed to come and take up your plate, right? Yeah, they're supposed so, to serve you. Right, mm-hmm. and if I'm having a family now, it's like, when I'm seeing that being done, right, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go and say to say to you know a parental figure, this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this, right? I'm going to say to my son or my daughter or however they identify, you can also pick up this plate. Yeah, you can also feel free to go and cook. You don't have to subscribe to some kind of label, right? It's about all about like how Diego said, how you message it, right? Yeah, uh, our group that I volunteer with um, here in the DC area, gay Latino group mainly gay it's LGBT open to anybody mm-hmm. but we did this whole wanting to make a tamalada mm. making this Mexican delicacy that's usually around the holidays when we get together we were making a tamalada yeah. and uh, we didn't have a lady available to come teach us how mm-hmm. to make this tamales so my roommate stepped up to the plate and mm-hmm. started making a, you know teaching us out and he goes I've always wanted to make tamales but my mom said that that was not you know that was women's work Mm. so he would watch Mm. her from afar growing Mm. up as a kid Mm. and he Mm. felt like he missed out on it Mm. and he really wanted to participate so he had to teach himself over youtube Mm -hmm. how to make them Mm -hmm. so i thought it was really neat that we were able to kick off this little not only uh make these tamales for our holiday party but we were all got to teach other young bo- young men in our community mm-hmm. that grew up learning and loving eating tamales, yes. how to make them. And mm-hmm. it was such a popular idea. Mm-hmm. It took off. Mm-hmm. And it's almost all like we were robbed of this little tradition ourselves of how mm-hmm. to make them as kids. Yeah. Because it's that's the way I grew up. It would always be the grandmother with all her daughters and her granddaughters yes. and, the, and the aunts all around the table partaking yeah. in something that's very matriarchal. But... Mm-hmm. The little boys want to learn too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. wanted to learn how to make oxtail, right? Yeah. I wanted to learn how to like, <laughs> curry goat, right? Yeah. Like, but it, it didn't seem inviting, right? It didn't yeah. seem like I should be doing this because I didn't want to hear any of that pushback yeah. from like the men in my family that I also looked up to, right? Yeah. You want to fit in, right? You yeah. don't want to stand out. Yeah. So this uh, toxic masculinity, we're talking about culture. Does it exist in the queer community? Are we ready to take that on? (laughs) (laughs) I would say in a word, yes. I would say that just being in DC, going to different gay bars, you see how they are dominated by cisgender men. Yes. I think another thing that you would see in gay bars, and I've experienced this myself, is unwanted touching in gay bars. The idea that, oh, if you enter a gay bar, especially if it's one that's pretty boozy, pretty hookup-y, that you are consenting to have people uh, grab your crotch, having people make a pass at you, um, just by entering in the space. And so I think that is one issue that we as queer people, but especially cis gay men, uh, really need to talk about and unpack about what does it mean to really operate with a sense of consent in not only um, bars, but um, workplaces too, I think. Um, But I definitely think that 
toxic masculinity does show up. I think for a lot of gay men, they may think that their queerness sort of inoculates them. Yeah, I mean, but, they say yeah. terms that I'm like, really? You're going to say that out loud in public? Yes. Like women on the other side of the table would... Don't be like annoying the hell out of people around you mm -hmm. by saying things that are gonna be derogatory towards them. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I that think it just be considered derogatory yes. towards their gender. Yes, yeah. and I, and I think it goes back to the idea of entitlement, the idea of yeah. taking up space, the idea of being loud, feeling like mm -hmm. the only thing that matters is what you're saying in this restaurant where you have your friends, you're having Sunday brunches and you have the ability to take up all the energy in the room and i think just because you're queer doesn't mean that you are cured of any of that um i think this is true in um this is not said as much as it was a few years ago but it was previously not uncommon for people to write in dating apps no fats no femmes no asians the idea of being femme as something that is not something that gay men want to seek in a partner um, so i just think that's another instance of gay men using masculinity as basically a way to compare themselves against others it's really sad but it's now frowned upon and there's even policy in some yes. of the social media apps yes. to stop that mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. hopefully um <laughs> what are some of the extreme dangers of unchecked toxic masculinity so I mean, right, like, as you said, toxic masculinity now is like, it's in the news, it's in the media, it's, it's finally being talked about mm -hmm. in, in a public, in a public way. When we talk about the extreme dangers, right, we, we see the R. Kelly case and how that's unfolding, oh God, yes. right? But some of the other dangers of extreme toxic masculinity is the defense, right? How we defend perpetrators, right? How we protect yes. perpetrators, right? Mm -hmm. How we make excuses for perpetrators and how we don't see survivors those are the extreme dangers of masculinity because toxic masculinity because yes. we ignore the people who need us right the people who are asking for help the people who who are the center of that harm right that's extreme those are the extreme dangers of toxic masculinity how we erase mm -hmm. other erase people. The, the victims and i would also just add that of course there is rape of course there is sexual assault but i think it's also important to recognize that this all exists on a spectrum of harm yes mm -hmm. so catcalling which definitely not as bad as rape but it's on that same spectrum of dehumanizing somebody yes. or just walking by yes their own business yes um or not respecting boundaries so when a partner says i don't want to see you anymore continuing to text them continuing to pursue them not mm -hmm. respecting those boundaries so these are all things that of course we're not saying that raping someone is the same thing as doing some of these lesser um harmful things but harm, but, harm. but harm is harm and yeah. these are all very dangerous things for our society for all for our, our culture and yeah. i hate that we have to use this example but telling men imagine if that was your daughter your, your daughter but no imagine if that's just a hum human that is yes. a human being right yes. that deserves to have yes. a safe yes. day Yes. yes. Every day I mean, of yeah, the week. I, I mean, I think it's just so interesting how after the, this seems so long ago now, but after the Trump Access Hollywood tape came out, right? <laughs> Before yeah. the 2016 election, there were a lot of people said, oh, we could never have, I could not look my daughter in no, the eye. Everything's been for, redefined. Yeah. Everything's been like whatever we thought was morally acceptable yes for a president it, it's yes. just out the window i mean absolutely it's just un, 
I'm, yeah. I've never heard a person cuss. Mm. That's been a president. Never heard a person that's been elected president cuss. At in the, public. In public. Yeah. At a in, in, at a at a public meeting. Huh. Uh, in you're talking about the shithole countries. Shithole yeah. to the bull. The he's just said bullshit over the weekend. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just sort of like his. This is it unchecked. Unchecked. <laughs> he deserves. He he's allowed. Right. To say whatever he wants right. in whatever er- arena he's in. Right. And he's protected. He's you know? protected. Protected. And it's it's harmful. Mm-hmm. It's harmful because it's also teaching. You know, it's unchecked mm-hmm. mas- toxic masculinity teaches other people how to replicate toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and then it teaches other people on the same way of being like, well, mm-hmm. this is just how men are. So... What are some resources that are out there for people that really need to, like, really, like, okay, I need to learn more about this? Mm-hmm. Um, anything for to help themselves or to help raise their kids better? Mm-hmm. What examples do you have that are available mm-hmm. on the web or yeah. lectures that are yeah. in the area? Well, one thing I would start off by saying is look at Collective Action for Safe Spaces, the uh, org that we work with. They run a series of campaigns that are all around... Um, making sure that DC has accessible public spaces for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they run the Rethink program. They also run a um, safe bar. Pro- uh, safe pro- bar yes, where they um, basically train bar staff in bystander intervention, where they make sure that their bar staff know when to step in and address sexual harassment cases but i would say a couple of instances um where maybe in your spare time the podcast scene on radio scene spelled like a movie scene um they recently did a whole series titled men which was all about patriarchy all about the all these issues that we're talking about especially with the kavanaugh hearing all that took a took at it through multiple um lenses um i would also say reading the book No Ashes in the Fire by Darnell Moore, which came out last year. He's a black queer activist, has been involved with Black Lives Matter. Um, Also, Roxane Gay has written a number of books, Bad Feminist being probably her most famous one, but she's also one of the foremost leaders in feminist thought. Um, Travis, if if you have any other... Yeah, uh, Kimberly Crenshaw's TED Talk on the, ur- the urgency of intersectionality. Uh, also, take a look at The Opposite of rage- Rape Culture is Nurturance Culture by Nora S- Samarin. And then also, The Will to Change by Bell Hooks. I want to thank you again for taking on this subject. And um, I'm going to be hearing you guys in a couple of weeks. We're going to yes. be discussing this. And I look forward to hearing that. I'm sharing this information with so many folks here in the D.C. area. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having us. And is there a website or email where they could, like, if they want to get in touch with you to have these conversations at, in their business, places of businesses or groups, nonprofits? Yeah, make sure to take a look for a Collective Action for Safe Spaces, a DC-based organization. Go there, now go to that website and take a look at the resources, the work that they're doing, and show up. Show up. Thank you. Thank you.